A killer is on the loose. Keeps them alive for three days. Then he shoots them, skins them, and dumps them. A rookie FBI agent is on his trail. He's got real physical strength, cautious, precise, and he's never impulsive. He'll never stop. But in order to track him down, she'll have to match wits. I'll help you catch him, Clary. Believe me, you don't want Hannibal Lecter inside your head. With the darkest of all minds. Just do your job, but never forget what he is. Hey everybody, welcome you to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we're t- continuing our Halloween month. Uh, get Stepping away from the films of Kevin Smith for a long time. Uh, today we're talking about a horror movie that Devin has never seen. Um, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, I get a lot of people mad at me for this one. Yeah. Uh, and that I and should right, have watched this a while ago. And rightfully so, they get mad at you. <laughs> and when he says people, he means Ryan. <laughs> I Ryan is a lot of the people, but there are some other ones. Oh, I'm a lot of people. I like this. <laughs> don't let it don't let it go to your head. <laughs> so all right. So I I've done like no prep for this. I almost didn't even watch the movie for this one. Oh wow. Boy. Someone's I, going in cocky. Uh I, I watched the movie though. But Ryan's running point on this one, so take it away, Ryan. <laughs> okay, so yes. uh, Sounds of the Lambs was a movie that was released in 1991. Um, as we've always said on this, uh, how how I've always said in this podcast, I'm not good with names when it comes to directors and this and that. And even though I've been doing my homework and I've read his name a thousand times, it doesn't stick. So who is the director <laughs> of this film, Alan? Jonathan Demay. There we go. Jonathan, I've never heard of him before. <laughs> no, I wouldn't, wouldn't have guessed that either. He's known for, on IMDb, uh, Silence of the Lambs, Philadelphia, the movie Not oh. in Town. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Rachel getting married with um, Anne Hathaway and the remake of The Manchurian Candidate. Hmm. Of recent stuff, he did... <laughs> um. Ricky and the Flash with Meryl Streep. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> yeah. And a Justin Timberlake concert film. So to go from Philadelphia to Silence of the Lambs to a Justin Timberlake. He's he's done some like HBO stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, he did The Gifted Man for CBS. So I think it was CBS. I'm not sure. Um, huh. Yeah. A lot of different I would things. not have guessed. But uh, probably mostly known for Silence of the Lambs, which is what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. So uh, it is. Uh, it was. It was released in 1991. Um, it is a. It is one of three films to sweep the Oscars when it comes to best actor, best actress, picture. Um, the. Uh, Uh, screenplay. Mm-hmm. I hear I got it. And it I'm won- drawing a blank. Okay. It won Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Director, Best Screenplay. It wow. was nominated for Best Sound and Best Editing. Yeah. So wow. it's, it's one of three films to ever make that sweep. And, and on top of that, it's the only horror film to win Best Picture. So this movie is... Th- th- 
Devin, this is why I got mad at you so much because this <laughs> this is like when it comes to a movie that on a critical scale, like this is the best horror movie in my opinion. So how dare you not go see this in the theaters when you were two years old in 1991? I know I should have. I was to also be, one to, at to, that point. To be, to be fair, honest, I was six. I didn't see theaters. Yeah. To be fair, I was just born, so it was a good year. So Alan, ca- Alan caught it. All right. So Ryan, what was your when? When was the first time you saw this movie? Mm, this was one of the first like horror films that I that I uh, act, actually saw. It was on wow. network television. They edited the crap out of this thing yeah. for uh, for network television. It was like 95. So I was 10 or 11 years old. Um, and then it wasn't until I was like 97, 98 that I saw it for the first time unedited. It was on HBO or Showtime or one mm-hmm. of those like movie cable channels. Um, and it just stuck with me. It was just, it was so disturbing. Um, but the acting in it, and just like at the time, I didn't realize that what was gripping me was the acting and the performance in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just how, how everything felt so real and how much I felt like I was part of the film, which as I got older, I realized part of that is the way they filmed this. One of my yeah. favorite things about this movie that they did was that whenever somebody's talking to the main character at Starling, they're looking directly into the camera. Yeah. And whenever she's talking back, she's looking just offset of the camera lens. So it's almost like you're, it's like you're seeing the whole movie from her perspective, which I absolutely love that technique in this film, especially with the way that the movie's done. All right. Uh, Wow. I think I was like you. I think the first time I saw this was like on TNT. Yeah. We know drama. Um, (laughs) Early 2000s. Uh, and then a few years ago, my wife had me watch it around this time of year, just because I'd never seen it unedited. Yeah. So, but I remember like wow. the, the elevator scene, like makes no sense when you watch it on cable because they don't show anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. So wait a um, minute. Did Ryan, you said this is your first horror movie. Did this like ruin every other horror movie for you? Like, do you, were you like, wow, horror movies are great. And then you watched other horror movies and went, not all of them are great. <laughs> no, I wasn't so at the time when I saw this, like I knew that, you know, I knew, I knew that a movie that made you scared was a horror film. I knew that a movie that made you excited was more of an action film. Like, I, you know, like I knew that, but then when it came to this film, it was like, it was suspenseful. It was scary. It was actiony. So to me, it was just overall like, Oh my God, I love this. You it was know, like the whole package. Yeah, it was pretty much a whole package film. And like, as I got older and watched the film, the more that I understood about it, the more that I looked up, the more love I became with it. Like the older I got. So, I get that. so here's a question for you, Devin. Yeah. Being that this is your first time watching this film, yeah. do you consider it a horror film? No, I, I wouldn't. Honestly, I. It, mm. I hate I hate me for this sentence. So hold on, <laughs> but I consider it along a similar vein as Bone Collector. Okay, interesting. And you're allowed you're allowed to be mad at me, but it's very much like a '90s film. It's very much like a suspense film. There are like horror elements to it, but I don't think there are horror elements that are like any more gross out than like, I mean, nowadays. Like I was raised on Saw. Like my horror pedigree. Like the series was Saw. I watch all the Saw movies when they come out. Like 
nothing about this movie particularly disturbed me any more than like an episode of like CSI would or like law and order. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was, I was thinking about this before we did this episode. I was like, I don't know if I actually consider this horror. And I was like, but we'll, we'll do it anyway because Devin's never seen it. It's definitely a, if it's the, the theme for the month, regardless if it's yes. horror, horror or not. Um, but watching it last night, there's a little bit more horror than I expect than I remembered. Yeah. So it definitely, definitely has elements of horror, but I, I agree with Devin where it's more of a thriller and like the, the horror stuff is the Hannibal Lecter stuff, which is like 10 minutes. Oh of the yeah. Movie. Well, it's, it's about 20, 20, it's between 20 and 24. And speaking of that, um, he still holds like, I guess you would call it a record Yeah. where, uh, he, uh, he holds the, the title of having the least amount of screen time of a best actor, uh, Oscar winner. Wow. I feel like somebody, I feel like an actress came close a few years ago to breaking that for at least a nominee, but they didn't win. So yeah. But yeah, I I don't know if I necessarily consider the whole film horror. It definitely has horror aspects to it, but I I feel it's definitely a thriller, a crime thriller, and and, it, and that's one of the reasons why I loved this movie so much is because it took different aspects of those different genres and put them together. Yeah, now, to me personally, yeah. anything that has to do with Buffalo Bill or Lecter or Doctor Lecter Lecter is the horror <laughs> aspect to it everything else builds in the suspense. Like to me, actually a perfect example is this one scene. Um, now this movie came out in 1991. So I'm going to say, Hey, spoilers, I guess. Yeah. Going forward. Yeah. From yeah. Here, yeah. For I, people from like me. Point. Yeah. I, I think the standard rule, if it's come out in the last, if it's been out for at least three years on the show, we don't yeah. really do a spoiler warning. <laughs> oh, then we're fine with this one. Yeah. No, Probably a year or two, but yeah, we're definitely yeah. fine with this. It's 28 years old. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, in the scene where they have the woman that they pulled out of the creek, the one with the diamond cuts of skin out yeah. of her back. Yeah. When like that whole thing starts off with like suspense because it's disturbing. You got the dead woman on the table. They're doing the pictures they're showing yeah. everybody's reactions to what they're seeing, but they're not showing her. Um, and Ju- and Judy Foster's performance. Jody. Yes. Jo- yeah. Uh, her performance in that scene, she looked like she was on the verge of tears the entire time, which was perfect. Yeah. Because this was like the first time her character like saw something like this in person. And then it f- that scene goes from suspense to horror when she says there's something in her mouth when she looks at the Polaroid from the picture of, of the teeth. And the guy goes in with the tweezers and pulls the like cocoon moth cocoon out of the mouth. And you get that release of air from lungs from the body. Did you guys hear that? I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I had headphones on watching it and it was. Yeah. So that, that's where it goes from like, okay, suspense, crime drama to, horror because it's oh my god he put that there like he purposely put that there and she still had air in her lungs and and then after that it kind of like goes down a little bit 
um, mm-hmm. and anxiety level. And then it, like the movie flows again to like the next moment. Yeah. And that's how it's like every scene that has to do with Buffalo Bill or Hannibal in some way, like to me, that's where the horror elements are, are in. Um, and hell, I mean, you could put Hellraiser and Hannibal in the same room. They would talk for hours. That's, that's true. Though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. The most suspenseful part of this movie for me was when he was in that cage he had the key or like the pick or whatever that he was going to unlock that handcuffs with. And the two policemen were in the cage with him. And like, you knew what he was going to do, but he was just waiting. And that was like the most, like, I mean, I'm with Ryan or Alan. That's when like, this is when this became a horror movie for me. Like it was equivalent to like Freddy Krueger or Jason sneaking up on, uh, on somebody. Like you knew it was going to happen. You knew it was going to be bad. You're just waiting for it to happen. It's got the horror elements of like Freddy or Jason, but it also has like the heist element of Ocean's Eleven. Like, I, I, I think I think it would be a fun experiment, and I'm going to probably do this uh, after the podcast when I'm editing. Yes. I'll remember this. I'm going to take the uh, Ocean's soundtrack and cut it to that scene and send it to you, oh, just, you to see, just to see how it works. Because I feel like it would. That would be amazing. That could. Oh, you need to do it. Yeah. So, but yeah, like it's like you don't know like what's. Like, you know, he's going to attack them, but at a certain point, you don't know where he is. And that's like very, yeah, they do a really good job of hiding him. Yeah. So even though that's a lecture scene, he's not in it. So that even contributes to the screen time. Like he's not on screen for any of that. Yeah. Because I don't know. I don't know when they say the screen time. I don't know if they count him in the bandages. Well, of course they would because he's on the screen. And he's physically yeah. acting. He does more with his eyes without blinking yeah. than half the actors yeah, in does. this film. Okay, so outside of Science of the Lambs, what do you know Anthony Hopkins from? Um, he There's a movie where he plays a priest uh, in Italy where he's possessed. And he... I might know that one too. He does an exorcism in that. Um, he also played in uh, The Elephant Boy or Elephant Man. He played a Dr. Witch. He was told to take elements of that kind-hearted character he played an elephant man or elephant boy into this film. Okay, so the uh, the priest film you're talking about is The Right? The, yeah, that right there. Um, Devin, how about you? Was it just The Right? Uh, no, there's a lot. Uh, okay. I know him from Transformers The Last Night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry that you saw that. He's in a, <laughs> he's in a Transformers movie. He's in the last one. That's not Bumblebee. Didn't he like hate it? Probably. Um, he was in the Thor movies. Yeah, but barely in the third one. Yeah, in the third but one enough to get an IMDb credit. In the third <laughs> one, he's having enough. He's having so much fun playing Loki. Like as soon as he oh, sees yeah. Thor, he's like, "Oh shit!" Like he's fantastic. That's my favorite part of him as Odin is just in that that brief scene where he's Loki and Ragnarok. You could tell he's like really having fun yeah. with it. I mean, and you could tell he was having fun with it at the end of the Dark World where he's just like pretending to be like he's Odin pretending to be he's Loki pretending to be Odin. He's just like laying there on the couch like relaxing. He's like, "Oh yeah, you go back to Earth. You're fine. I'll take care of Asgard. <laughs> like no big deal." Like and then it's like, forgot no, about that I'm part. Loki. Haha. <laughs> Let's not resolve this for 3 years. You wouldn't have him in that role if it wasn't for this movie. Yeah. 
because he uh, he even said that he was trying to get into like the A-list part of Hollywood for a long time. And if he and if this role wasn't going to do that for him, he was going to quit Hollywood and go back to Britain and just do stage plays. He actually yeah. said that. I mean, I can believe it because he's pretty he's up. He wasn't a young chicken when he did this one. He's so. been doing American. Uh, he, he started out doing American TV shows back in the 60s. Yeah. So, I mean, he was in the business for a long time. Yeah. Um. That's so, almost always how it is, though. They're always like in like, you know, people that like break into stardom, like we're on a lot of these little TV shows for a long time that you just like don't recognize them for. Yeah. So the one that since we talked about everything else that he was in, the one that sticks out to me for Anthony Hopkins is he's the narrator to the Jim Carrey Grinch. Like is that, he? That's, he is. that's the one that's like the biggest impact for me. Like I grew up <laughs> watching that. Like that yes. when I think Anthony Hopkins, I don't know why when you when we're not talking to Hannibal Lecter or Odin, it's that. It's it's the narrator from the Grinch. Yeah. I, I wow. don't know. To me, this was like the first role that I saw him in. Yeah. So to me, like the gentleman, like the like the actual good side of Hannibal Lecter, like the actual good human being that he can be is what I always depict him as. Like, I always feel like whenever he goes out to dinner, he wants to make sure that he has all the right amount of forks that he needs. Like, I feel like that's the person that he naturally (laughs) is because that's who Hannibal Lecter is. Like he is a very straightforward, you know, high, high intelligence, classically taught gentleman. Yeah, he just he's he's insane. He's insane. he's also he's on, also insane. I also keep forgetting that he was on Westworld for the first season. He no. was. So, I forgot about that, too. When everybody talks about Westworld, I think of the movie that was made back in the 70s. Yeah. I'm not a Western person at all. It's not even real. though it's science fiction because it's the whole robot yeah. thing. I just I can't get my head around the whole like cowboy hats and fake dust land and everything. I feel like I should let you should give it a shot because I'm curious what you I think. think you might it, like it. It's more sci-fi than it is western. Yes. By I a can't lot. even get through the episodes of Star Trek where they use the hologram and go out to the west. The holotech. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched one of those. Um, no, I, I don't know. I still think Watch the watch the pilot, and if okay, you're not gripped by the pilot, yeah. then it's not worth it. Do you, do you have HBO? Or not? I think so. I mean, I have it on DVD. If that's gonna, no, 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 no. I do have HBO through Amazon. If okay. it's on there, I'll be yeah. able to watch it. Yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, and then the third season is gonna have Aaron Paul. So hmm. okay, what? I'll give it a shot. Yeah. I'll give it a shot. Okay. Um, okay. So same question with Jodie Foster. Besides Clarice Darling, Starling. What do you guys know Jodie Foster from? Like, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think Jodie Foster? Uh, For me, it's Contact. I've never seen that movie. You've never seen Contact? I've never seen Contact. I own it. Oh, my God. You know, I was relieved because I because I was like, you know, I I get a day where I don't have to hate Devin for a movie that he hasn't <laughs> seen yet. And now it's bad. Uh, and now you're now you're, <laughs> you're allowed to. Yeah. Uh haven't seen that one. Ryan, about you. There is a movie that she did, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's a movie that she did where she plays this uh, woman who has always lived on her own 
and she has her own language since, since like she was a kid. And there's like an adult teacher guy psychiatrist that like has to look out for. Her, but it's is this like when, this is from when she was a kid. No, 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 no. This is when she was a like a young adult, like around okay. this time. It begins with an N. Uh, like I want to say Nell, but I don't think that's what it is. I don't know if I know that one. I think I know what you're talking about. Um, I'm trying to find it. She was in Taxi Driver. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't see what you're talking about. This is very interesting, interesting podcasting right now. <laughs> well, anyway, if, if no, we can't yeah. about us 1994, it was Nell. Nell. Yeah, there we go. Nell. Oh, wow. You said well it was done. around this time. I, I did not expect to have to go forward in time. Yeah, well. Nell. Yeah, that's the one just because it was so weird. <laughs> and she did a good job in that one, too. But I mean, first, I think it was uh Contact is one that I always think of too, but Nell is one that's always in my head. I think the first one I've ever seen her in was Panic Room, so I think that's what I like keep Panic thinking of when I think too, of her. Though. I like that movie. David Fincher. Yeah. That was David Fincher. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Before I knew what directors were. Yeah, she's the director now. She she's switched from acting oh. to directing. Actually, um, what did she direct? Her first or uh, her first big film, I believe, was Blue Sky for uh, directing. And that was part of her contract to be able to do uh, A Silence of the Lambs, because when they wrote the film, they wrote that part for her. Oh, she's, wow. She's directed. Uh, she directed an episode of Black Mirror. Oh, yay. Uh, Black Which one? Is, my favorite uh, is your favorite Archangel. <clears throat> Oh, it's not. Sorry, well, Jody. Well, <laughs> Orange. She did some Orange is New Black, House of Cards, The Beaver with Mel Gibson. Ew. And then Home Ew. for the Holidays, Ew. which is a movie that I actually have right there in your why. hand. I have right here in my hand. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. I think we bought it for like a Christmas collection and we just never watched it. And it somehow made it to my desk. Um, <laughs> Good. But yeah. Um, so she's focusing on directing now, I believe I could wow. be wrong. She was also just in hotel Artemis last year. So I heard about that. Um, was that good? Did anyone know if that was good? I, I didn't, never saw it. Cause that so, was Dave Batista too, right? Yeah. That was the, uh, John yeah. Wick, John Wick ripoff movie. So yeah, it was, there was another reason why I was mad at Devin for never seeing this film. Okay. What was Devin, it? Did this movie look familiar to you? Did the movie look familiar? Did the landscape look familiar to you for like 80% of the movie? You know, I wasn't paying that much attention. Why? They filmed it in Pittsburgh, is it a Pitt- crying out loud. Is it a Pittsburgh movie? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm except, not surprised. Except except for the few scenes where, uh, so locations. They filmed in Ohio. That happened. Sure. Um, they filmed. <laughs> yes. And I mean it exactly how I said it. Um, yes. So they filmed in Ohio. Uh, they filmed in Pittsburgh. And this was the first time ever that the FBI let any movie set or movie studio or Hollywood studio film at Quantico. Wow. 
Wow. So, oh, did I say that right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Quantico. Yeah. Uh, so every so the shot of the building where she's walking on that like elevated like hallway thing, uh, running the obstacle yeah. course, walking through all the classrooms. Yeah. That's at Quantico. That's and, cool. And and wow. And up until this point, the FBI wanted nothing to do with Hollywood filming their stuff. The reason why this movie was different was because they actually um, they asked for the screenplay. Uh, they asked for the script and oh. they got it. And the FBI thought, you know, this would be an awesome tool to get more women into the FBI. So they yeah. helped them make this movie. Almost everything in this movie that has to do with like crime investigation with the FBI and all the tactics they show in the background, that was all helped by the FBI to actually make, um, except uh, except for the very ending. They were adamant that they wanted to make sure that they did not approve of having a FBI student going into a a person's house alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can understand that part, but yeah. I mean, almost everything else when it came to the FBI, it, like that was helped by them. Uh, and it, wow. it definitely shows. Cause it, I think it's something that a lot of things have learned from since, cause I'm sure this wasn't the last thing that they helped on. Oh yeah. No. Um, yeah. So but no, it's, it's nice that they actually looked at it that way in 1991. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, good on them. There's even a moment in here uh, after they look at the body they found in the river and they're in the car and her uh, her superiors like, yeah, sorry about that. Had to like just fit in with the guys back there and say we can't talk about this in front of a lady. And she's like, well, it yeah. matters because <laughs> what well, you right. you're, you're setting the example like they saw that. So it's like good for you. 1991 movie. Like seriously though, in uh, it was right after that he walked him out of the room. Yeah, that scene where all of the cops are looking at her. When I was younger, that's the scene where I realized where they're all looking directly at her. They're looking at me. Like that's where that whole like the, the movie putting you in her shoes like hit me. Yeah, I actually had yeah. to re because I had it on VHS at that point. I had to rewind it from that point and rewatch it again to see if that was a, a thing how, and it was how old were you doing this this was 90 like 97 98 i was 10 years old in 95 it's like 11 12 wow yeah that's that's a good age for that good, good for you that's impressive yeah seriously well i mean when you watch things enough like that it's, yeah you know you eventually catch it and it was just something that I've, I've, i never noticed before and uh prior to me getting help for my anxiety <laughs> um <laughs> part of the reason why i noticed it was because i was feeling extremely anxious and nervous to the point to the point to the point where i wanted to leave the room because wow I didn't realize that like I, that they were staring at me through the camera. Yeah. And that's where I was getting that. Like, I'm, I, I don't feel easy about this. And then that's was like, hang on a second. And then I rewinded the movie was like, Oh, cool. This is actually you know, a cool thing. From that point of view, it'd be weird to watch this movie with VR goggles. Oh, like, that would be cool and terrifying. It would. I might have to do that. You might. One so speaking the, uh, to Ryan's point a little bit, the one yeah. thing that I did pick up on, cause I really just wanted to enjoy the movie. Uh, the one thing I did pick up on that I really appreciated is they never showed you anything of Buffalo Bill that the main character didn't know. 
So like they figured, you know, oh, he's a male. He lives at home. That's all you would see was just that very quick glimpse when they like saw the very first thing I think you saw of him was just somebody kidnapping someone. And that was all the main character knew. And you didn't get a full picture of who he was, I think, until after Hannibal Lecter told you who he was, which I thought was so cool. Like, I didn't feel at any point, like, sometimes in these shows or these movies, I get to this, like, really frustrated point where I'm like, freaking, that's all you need to do to find this character. Do the thing. And I get frustrated, the main character. And since I didn't know anymore, I thought it was perfect. I, I thought I was right on par with her. Yeah, and they don't even show you the uh, the suit until he, the goodbye horses thing. Yeah. Well, so. they show you the wig piece. They don't show yeah. you the suit until she's yeah. in the basement, like, going through it. Yeah. And then... Okay, so the... the I'm ca- I was counting the hair piece as part of the suit. Oh, yeah, yeah, so. yeah okay. Um, <laughs> but the suit itself, and this is just for me watching this movie so much and having the morbid sense of humor that I do. You you guys remember what the suit looked like and how far along yeah. it was, yeah. right? Yeah. So was the other breast, like, in a tub, like, salting or whatever they do to, like... <laughs> Or was he planning on getting like another woman with like the same size to put I, on the right half? I I didn't try to piece all that together, yeah. honestly. But I'm glad I've you seen did. this I've seen this movie so much that this, these are the this things. This question I think has I know. bugged Ryan since he was eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, that question's only been with me on a joking sense for the past four years. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right, so I have a couple questions about this movie. Okay. And before I launch into my couple questions, I have an honest one for you guys. How angry do you want to be at me on a scale of one to ten? I'm indifferent. You're indifferent? I'm Ryan, indifferent. how angry do you want to be at me from a scale of one to ten? Angry are you for about what? Okay. I, I'm not telling until you answer. Can, can I answer? I want him to be, a, on a scale of one to ten, I want him to be a twelve. That's All right, here I we want. go. That's We're what doing I want it. right now. All oh, right, what? so. I mean, I can't just what? Well, what? He, he's going to have opinions that you're not going to agree, so. It's, it's it, this, this. Isn't, this isn't even an opinion that I hold now. We're just all going to be collectively mad at past me. <laughs> so I started watching this movie, and I realized I'd watched the first 15 minutes of this movie before. <laughs> and I turned it off because I hated Jodie Foster's accent so much. It distracted me from the whole movie, and I <laughs> shut it off. I later found out, I don't think it's even her accent. I think that's just her normal speaking voice, right? No, I think it's an accent that she's putting on for this. Okay. In fact, okay. Um, yeah, actually, when Hannibal Lecter or uh, when that actor, like, teases her about her accent, when he's talking about, you know, like, fumbling in the backseat of cars, her reaction yeah. of looking, like, upset is natural mm-hmm. because he ad-libbed that. And wow. she was scared of him on set. So opposed to like acting with each other, she'd never talked to him at all. So she took it as an actual like as an actual insult to her. She later thanked him for doing that, for getting such a natural reaction out of her. Wow. So, I mean, not liking her accent, that's something I guess that she was probably self-confident about to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys aren't super mad, but that like, that's one thing I like, I kept thinking about myself watching this movie. Like, wow, I was a jerk when I was younger. (laughs) Okay. So how old were you when you saw that? Oh, I was probably the same age, if not older than when you were trying to dissect, uh, the scenes and, and the viewpoints of the characters. 
So I was in my like late teens. You know what? Knowing about stuff about Devin, and I'm yeah. I, I, I'm going to talk about you like you're not here. Alan. Do it. So I won't listen. When Devin would talk about how he would like feel about movies when he was in high school yeah. and like his judgments about stuff and how hipstery he was. Yeah. I'm not mad at him for having that opinion when he was that age. It's okay. <gasps> I'm not mad at you. Me. Oh, thanks guys. You weren't supposed to hear that. I should have just muted him. So he couldn't. <laughs> you could have just <laughs> muted me. I would have been so mad. <laughs> Oh, that would have been awesome. But no, Uh, so that was my first thing. My other thing is, like, watching this, why aren't there a million and a half sequels? I mean, I know this one started as, like, a fight between Ryan and I because I'd seen Red Dragon first. Okay. Which I gotta go rewatch because I don't remember. Let's let's talk about the sequels for a second because it gets complicated. Um, Does it? So this is based on a book. This this itself is a sequel to Manhunter, which I believe you didn't see. Manhunter... Came out in 1988, 1986, sorry. And it has um, Brian Cox as Hannibal Lecter. Brian Cox, if you oh. can't, if you can't picture him, played um, William Stryker in X2 X-Men United. Oh, that guy? That guy played, um, played Lecter. So this is a se- technically a sequel to that. And then there was a sequel to Silence of the Lambs with Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter called Hannibal. And then they remade Manhunter as Red Dragon. So technically you've seen Manhunter. Technically. And then this is where it gets fun. Then there's a prequel called Hannibal Rising, which is the uh, Hannibal origin story. And then they redid the Hannibal origin story (laughs) and Red Dragon on the TV show Hannibal with Mads Mikkelsen playing Hannibal Lecter, which I've only heard great things about. Um, Yeah. And I want to watch, but I just haven't yet. Okay. So Devin, you missed because of your like teenage years around like 2000 to like 2005. That's when all of this stuff happened. Uh, Oh, maybe not the TV show. The TV show happened. TV TV show was more recent. So Hannibal Hannibal came out in 2001 Red Dragon was 2002. That quick? Yeah. Damn. Wow. There was a huge resurgence in the early millennium for some reason. And then and Hannibal I, Hannibal Rising was in 2007. Yeah. And Hannibal came out in 2013 and ran for three seasons. Wow. So there was there was that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it just I love the character. I love the fact yeah. that like Hannibal is this guy that. He's I'm going through a Star Trek phase right now and I can't help it. And I'm sorry, <laughs> but he's basically Captain Picard. If he was a, ha- uh, a cannibal. Yeah. If John Luke Picard was a serial killer, you get Hannibal. I ate his liver with a nice with a side of fava beans and an Earl Grey hot, which <laughs> when I was <laughs> when I was oh, doing no. prep for this. OK, I came across this little snippet. I don't know if it's true. But apparently the food that he lists um, and even in the book, it's almost exactly per batum in the book, except for the wine name changes between the book and the movie. There is a certain chemical in each one of those that's in really high doses um, that re- that in the amount that he's talking about would react the same as a cytokine as, as medicine that they would give 
patients uh, in psych wards back in the uh, back in the sixties and seventies. So he was wow. medicating himself by eating that stuff because because the one chemical was in such high concentrations yeah. in that food that it would be like taking that pill. So I don't know if wow. that's a glimpse into the character that the writer of the book put in that like he knew that he was doing these things. Maybe he didn't want to, but I, I'm, I don't know. I'm still waiting for the binging with Babish with a liver, fava beans and a nice Chianti. I'm shocked it's not already on there. <laughs> Although, so, uh, while we're on the topic of food, I think yeah. one of the coolest choices in this movie was when after Jodie Foster heard her told her screaming lamb story, he ordered a rare lamb, and yes. that was the second dinner. That was so dope. Good that job. Was, yeah. Mm-hmm. I always forget why this movie is called Silence of the Lambs, and it gets to that scene. like, oh, yeah, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, there's... Um, the take that they used to actually put in the movie was actually almost ruined in the background where she's talking about um, the fact that she tried to save one of the lambs. You, you can hear a faint like thud on the floor because on the other side of the room, some, some like film hand dropped a wrench on the floor in the middle of the scene. And the director panicked, but Foster just, kept on going with it like she didn't even flinch and that was the take she have they eventually used now as soon as they were wow. done cut she yelled who the hell was that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so uh-huh. i i really want to watch the show hannibal now because yeah as much as i like the character in this i really want to see how he would be fleshed out in a like 30 episode series. Yeah. Cause I feel like, yeah, I've only heard good things about that show. And if television has taught me anything recently, it's that the longer episodes are better for character stories than yeah. they are for than, than movies are. Yeah. So even, even though he only has 10 minutes of this there, you get a lot of him, mm-hmm. but I really want to see that character. Yeah. Like, I want to learn more about that character and his origins. And if you want the origins, then most definitely Um, the one movie that I suggest that Devin watch now would be Hannibal because he's already seen these movies in order. I've never seen Hannibal. Hannibal is my favorite. Okay. So when it comes to the three main movies, uh, Mm -hmm. Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal and Red Dragon, that's my order. Silence of the Lambs is my favorite. Hannibal's my second favorite, and then it's Red Dragon. Hannibal itself is good. What about Manhunter? I've never seen Manhunter. Okay. Um, is Anthony Hopkins in any of those? Well, he's in all of them except for Manhunter. Oh, is he really? Yeah. You've seen Red Dragon. You should know if he's Wait in a Red minute. Dragon. Okay, so hold on. I was going to ask another thing because so watching this movie, this was a little bit like The Shining for me, where pop culture references this so much that like the impact of like the goodbye horses thing was lost on me because I've seen Jay and silent Bob do it first. Yeah. Um, so I have a lot of these like pop culture snippets that I don't know where they're coming from, but I remember them. And one of them is in this, when he hangs up the phone and he's Cuba, is it Cuba? Yeah. 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 So he's Cuba in one of them, does he hang up the phone and he's in front of the White House? Is that Red Dragon? What? I was that know. like The Simpsons? I don't know. Okay, and the fact that I can't 
tell if it's a real movie of the Simpsons in my mind is shows you how messed up my mind is. I feel like the Simpsons have done the slideshow Bob is Hannibal Lecter stand in thing. Yeah. Multiple times. I bet you that's what I'm thinking of. Like sideshow um, Bob hangs up the phone in front of the white house. Yeah. But I know they've done him in like the chains and the mask and all of that. Oh yeah. Cause that's another thing in pop culture. Like this movie is like, it was so big for its time. Like it had an impact on like all nineties pop culture. Like you talked about Jay and Silent Bob, The Simpsons. Um, yeah. Actually, you know what the funny thing about, uh, you mentioned the thing about the Goodbye Horses. Mm-hmm. That scene yeah. was a afterthought. They didn't film that when they filmed the original uh, movie. Um, they originally didn't want to put it in it. Uh, but then the director was talking to the writer, of, uh, was talking to the author, and they decided you know, to really flush out that character to just show his depth. We, yeah. we need to get that in. So they did a reshoot and they shot that and cut it in. Um, originally, that movie wasn't, a, that scene wasn't uh, in like the first couple screenings they did. That scene wasn't in it. Wow. With him doing the goodbye horses, like talk thing. Um, so speak while we're talking about the ending scene, just my last thing, just to say how good the editing or cinematography or both that last shot is where he walks away into the crowd and your eyes want to glaze off of him. And you're like, he just fits in so well that you don't want to notice him. And that's like one of the scarier parts of the movie for me, honestly. Yeah. That scene just goes on forever. Cause I just fast forward through the credits just to see how long it goes. And it's, it's the whole yeah, credits. credits. Yeah. Uh, so I want to go back a little bit and talk about Buffalo bill because yes. Ted, Le- Ted Levine is in a lot of stuff. And I want to ask the same question we asked before. What do you guys know Ted Levine from outside of Silence of the Lambs? I've got two. I've got two okay. right off the top of my head. Flubber. <laughs> What's what? Flubber? Flubber and Monk. <laughs> Monk he was in Monk? Yeah, he's the uh, detective. He's like the head detective in Monk. <laughs> so this All I remember so, from Monk is Tony Shalhoub. So so to see him without a mustache is very hard for me. And he, so when I see that, it, it he's it, he's Stottlemyre. He's like the head detective who hires Monk every time. Oh my gosh, he is. He's the one that deals wow. with Monk's like 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 transgressions, if you want to call him that, constantly. Hold on, this guy was in a lot of stuff. Yeah. I'm cheating, and I'm on IMDb now. <laughs> Holy cow! I I I first knew him from of all movies, Wild Wild West, where he's I got mean, me too. He's got the uh, megaphone earpiece that just yeah when he turns the in it <laughs> um oh it's so yeah, bad he's in a it's lot so of stuff he's yeah, but for me monk. it's flubber and monk <laughs> he's a great um character actor he was sinestro on justice league <laughs> wow yeah like, he was in evolution oh that movie oh he was in evolution that's right he was the he was the general so wow there's just one thing that I'm going to read off of IMDb IMDb because that's where we get all of our information. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I wanted to read this one per, per, uh, per batum. James gum. So the Buffalo bill was the combination mm-hmm. of three real life serial killers, Ed Ginn, who skinned his victims, oh. Ted Bundy, who, who used the cast on his hand as a bait to convince women to get into his van. 
how Buffalo Bill got, you know, that woman. And then uh, Gary um, uh, Hednick, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, who kept women he kidnapped in a pit in his basement. Again, it was only uh, previously linked to two murders and suspected of two others. Uh, But yeah, so, I mean, he was... this, this is another thing about this movie that I like. Like, I'm not really big into serial killers. I like yeah. movie serial killers. I loved the show Dexter up until the last season. Um, <laughs> I take. Yeah. Uh, and I love the fact that they used different serial killer like aspects to make their own um, and yeah. a terrifying one at that. Um and there were different aspects of this, like how they showed him referring to his victims as it instead of yeah. like a name, which which does an amazing job contrasting just a couple scenes before when her mother is on the news, like we're repeating her name constantly. Yeah. And, yeah. and all of the students are like, this is great. This is exactly what you're supposed to do. And then they go to him like 10 minutes later in the film and he's like, it puts the... It, it do the puts voice the lotion on the do the voice come uh, on give it a shot you can do it i it want puts it. the lotion on the skin or else it gets the hose again all right devin let's hear yours <laughs> devin let's hear yours i don't i don't know it i don't i've only seen it once it puts the lotion it's on the skin, skin or else it gets the hose again i like that okay so there's so, two moments where Kristen laughs in this movie because okay so you know when the uh uh in in the movie Step Brothers. Yeah. When yeah. they're going back and forth and they say your favorite type of dinosaur and they both say Velociraptor at the same time. Kristen yeah. and I did something similar when we first started going out. We're talking about movies and I Aww. asked her and I asked her, OK, so what's your favorite horror film? And we looked at each other and we both she started saying Silence of the Lambs. And I was like, Silence of the Lambs. And we said it at the exact same time. So Aww. so like she's seen this movie probably as much as I have. Um and so the two moments that she laughs and I have to laugh because she's laughing um, is where he looks down at his dog, Precious, and mm-hmm. he goes in like the baby voice. It puts the lotion on its skin like he's like baby mm-hmm. talking to his dog <laughs> and like that. And I think it, it says a lot for his character that he gives the dog a name like yeah. Precious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like it puts the lotion on the skin. Like yeah. it just shows the contrast. He doesn't see these women as people at all he doesn't see them as anything yeah. like yeah. they're just things they're, that he they're, needs they're fabric yeah yeah pretty much and you see that in the first scene where he's ripping off the fabric to look at their skin like yeah. it's yeah it's it's messed up it is but i mean but he in, does a great job of playing it and they do a great job of showing you that he's messed up mm-hmm. so and they do everything they can to throw every type of symbol at you, like the swastikas in the basement at the same time he's... I thought um, I saw those. Yeah, there were. There were swastikas on the blanket that he pulls the gun out of under, and swastikas on a poster that's on a door with, I think, Nixon's face, or it could have been Reagan's face. I don't know, with like, uh, like a cross out over the eyes. Um, yeah. But, yeah, th- th- there's a lot to his character, and there's a lot that they shove in that basement. Yeah, a ton of stuff that like links different things to him, and it's just the, the way that they do that is great. Yeah, yeah. Well, hold on. Right. What was the other time that made you laugh? Oh, um, when <laughs> I need to know. Uh, 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 Foster's at the door at the end. Of oh, Buffalo Bill's was she place. a big 
Was she a big fat girl? <laughs> Was she a really big fat person? And he yeah. had, and he, and he puts the grin on his face. And it's one of those things where it's like, it's, it's, he's mentally inept. So yeah. I don't see it as fat shaming. I don't see it as body shaming. I just oh, see no. it as him trying to like play an idiot to like get her off the porch but just the way he says it and the grin on his face and like the way that his eyes light up, like it's it it there's there's a comical aspect to it because it's so knowing that it's him, knowing the situation yeah. that she's in, like it's scary to the point yeah. to where it's like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. And then oh, he yeah. says that. He yeah. says, <laughs> All right. There was a part just after that I thought was either really stupid or really fun where or really like accurate where like Jodie Foster's in the basement hunting the serial killer and the ladies in the hole shouting, fuck you come back and get me. And yeah. I'm like, dude, she's saving you now. Stop it. Yeah. And like, I, that just... part graded at me a little and I couldn't tell if I loved it or hated it. I hated that for the longest time. I mean, if you look at it from her point of view, that's her only hope that she's had forever. And it's walking away. She's not thinking straight. So she's just yeah. like, give me that hope that come save me. Like, no, I don't care if you kill him or not. Just get me out of here. And yeah, that's I why get that. I don't hate it anymore because yeah. it's from the girl in the pit. Like that's, that's her point of view. It's like what you're here. You just told me I'm safe, but then you're going to leave me like, no, get me out of here. Like yeah. he's going to kill me. It's like the scene in the Lion King where they, uh, where Zazu <laughs> wants out of the cage. Like, let me out, let me out. And Timon and Pumbaa like, let me in, let me in. <laughs> right that's a good reference so uh yeah a, a funny thing about this movie when hopkins first heard that he was going to be getting a script for a movie called silence of the lambs he thought it was a kid's movie at first <laughs> because oh, no. of the title so you can oh, imagine no. his surprise when he started reading the script <laughs> <laughs> oh, so wow. i'm gonna go out on a limb here okay. i don't know if you guys have seen this movie at all or this it's a tv series right. and everyone loves it that i heard this is what I want Mindhunter to be. I tried watching Mindhunter and I can't do it. I this, I think it's because this is what I want it to be. I haven't watched it yet. Um, I've heard good things about it. Also shot in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, Chad worked on it. Friend of the show, Chad. Oh, did he? Yeah, he helped uh, make one of the like lighting rigs for like one of the Ambridge shots. He didn't tell me that. Uh, only best friends know about it, Alan. Uh, well, uh, well, good thing he's not coming down this weekend because invite revoked. Oh, poor no. Chad. Feel better, Chad. Not that he listens. Yeah, to please this. feel better. He'll listen to this one. Yeah, he better. He better listen to all of them. Friend of the show. We don't give Friend that honor. We don't give that honor out to just anyone. It's True. only been Chad and Kevin Smith, right? Chris and Chris occasionally. Chris, Bill, oh, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At Good. least one of, one of them listens. My my money <laughs> my money's on That's Kevin Smith. <laughs> We're getting Kevin Smith through the roadshow. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I I would like more um, procedurals like this. Like if Manhunter was in this vein, I would enjoy it more. Yeah. That's what. Well, that's why I, how the sequels work because I would watch a procedural about this character dynamic. And like, love it. Well, I think I haven't seen Hannibal. So I, how much of the dynamic do you lose between him and Clarice? 
without Jodie Foster? Oh, none. As you far as I'm anything? concerned, none. Because she does... Okay, so Hannibal is like eight, nine, ten years removed from the events that happened in Silence of the Lambs. So... So Clarice just, has... just just so you know, Devin, Jodie Foster is replaced with Julianne Moore in Hannibal. I didn't know that. Yes. I don't know how I feel about that. Just, just hold on. Hold on. Keep the 10 year old <laughs> in your brain off to the side for a second. OK, good. So the events in Hannibal between Hannibal and Sounds of the Lambs is like eight to 10 years removed. Hannibal is still on the loose and she is more seasoned. She is more mature. She is more confident. She pretty much has the position that her like mentor had in Silence of the Lambs. So she's like upper level. Um, Mm -hmm. And and that actress presents that. And she does a really good job in that role. Because the movie has to, like, the movie's almost half and half. Like, it deals with her and what's going on with her, and then it deals with him and what's going on with him. It's almost split right down the middle. Um, because he's over in, uh, because he's over in Europe and she's over stateside. And it's not until oh. later in the movie that she goes over to Europe. And it to me, there's, it's not lost at all. You just, you just have to okay. not. Just the character is the same. The actress isn't. Do you own it? You just have to like get over it. I I think I do. Yes. I might want to borrow that from you. Which yeah. reminds me, I want to watch back it. your CDs tonight. Okay. Um, yeah, I want to watch it. Um, we're doing this thing now where we're watching movies and that are the first part of the series, and then I'm going on and watching the sequels. I watched John Wick two the other week. Did you? Yeah. I I kind of yes. fell asleep through most of it. I. I enjoyed it. I uh-huh. I really want to watch three now. It was a video game musical. Yeah, it pretty much is. I love like, it. Yeah, it is. Um, and three is a ballet western. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, it's so good. It's so good. Anything else on Silence read, of the Lambs? I want to read the books now. I, I like. I want to get Audible up and I want to listen to the books because I, I think it'd be cool. How many books are there? I have no idea. Four? I think they're four. Okay. I know less about them. I know less about the books when it comes to these movies than I did about Starship Troopers and the books. <laughs> I forgot there were books. Yeah. Um, before we wrap this up, though, there are two things that I found extremely interesting when I was uh-huh. um, looking things up. One, and I never caught on this, and I feel bad about that the amount of times I've watched it. So mm-hmm. when... Uh, so when Starling is first um, talked to about uh, Dr. Lecter, she says Hannibal the Cannibal, like under her breath. And she calls him by the <laughs> nickname. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the beginning, when she's on the obstacle course, which was her, by the way, she changed the way this movie was going to start. So that's her. Wow. Um, she wa- uh, she goes into the office and her like mentor, her like ex-professor says, you know, I want you to go talk to Dr. Lecter. And she says, Hannibal the cannibal. And he just ignores huh. it. But yeah, after meeting him, she starts referring to him as Dr. Lecter. It's like there was a sign of respect there almost that. Yeah. That like she's only heard of him in like the classroom news media sense. But after she actually talked to him, it's like, oh, he's not Hannibal the cannibal. He's Dr. Lecter. Like, there's like a change there. Um, yeah. 
And I completely, I feel horrible that I missed that on myself. Like, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed at myself. Like, I'm, like, dad-level disappointed at myself on that one. Um, <laughs> Good. And then the second thing that I didn't know was that um, uh, Jodie Foster and the guy who played her mentor, what's his name? Scott oh, jeez, I don't remember. Scott Glenn. S- Scott Glenn. Um, they actually shadowed uh, um, uh, real FBI agents for, like, a month and a half before filming this uh-huh. uh, so that they knew like the different steps. In fact, uh, in fact, Jodie Foster crying outside of the Boston uh, medical building um, was yeah. actually something that uh, her person that she was shadowing, like mentioned to her that it's like, look, every now and then you just got to cry because you're presented with these things that would destroy anybody else. You have to let the emotional baggage out to do these investigations. So that was actually something she pulled from the person she was following that this, uh, that this FBI agent that she was following would cry just to get things out in the middle of an investigation. Wow. Um, Glenn had a different situation. He was following, uh, the guy, the FBI agent who eventually caught the green river killer, like the actual green river killer. Okay. Oh my gosh. The the, the FBI agent that caught him was the one that Glenn shadowed. Um, and towards the end of the whole thing, Scott, Scott's his first name, right? Yes. Okay. Scott thanked him. It was like, you know, I want to thank you for actually showing me this. I I have an idea of that. Like I actually get, you know, you, you know, the work that you do. Um, this is great. And the guy was like, well, I didn't exactly show you everything. And oh, no. he had him listen to an audio tape of two ser- of two friend serial killers. Um, there was an audio tape of them uh, raping and killing and torturing two teenage girls. Oh, damn. And Scott said that he only got through like 45 seconds of it. And it still bothers him like years later. That like wow. he can't get what he heard out of his head, and he said after forty five seconds oh. he was done. Like he couldn't do it anymore. So he has wow. he, he always speaks highly of of the FBI. I mean, most of the roles I know him from recently, he's playing law enforcement. He played the yeah. he played the sheriff on the Leftovers, and then he was the sheriff in Castle Rock. Yeah. I think he just retired, but yeah, he's always playing law enforcement. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is what kind of did it to him. Maybe he got like a newfound respect um, after dealing with something like that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, after uh, listening to that, I would. Yeah. And um, uh, Ted Levine. Yeah. um, The house that they filmed the basement scenes in uh, was next door to his girlfriend's house when he was in high school. (laughs) They filmed that in his hometown in Ohio. And when he was brought on set, he had like he he had the realization that they were filming these this stuff in the basement of this house right next door to where his girlfriend in high school lived. Wow. So that's, Aww, that's, you know, so that's do you think, do you think he went over in the the, the get up <laughs> and just oh, he, I would have and just I absolutely would have talked. I really Aww. think this film to, to wrap things up, I really think this film caught everybody's attention because of when it was released. It was 1991. They were actually talking about making this movie straight to video because of how disturbing it was for the time. 
So they weren't even planning yeah. on releasing this in theaters. And I feel like that's partly why. It was also released on Valentine's Day. Was it really? Yeah, it was, it was released on Valentine's <laughs> Day of all movies. That's, would but not have guessed Valentine's Day. It, it also spent five weeks in the number one spot. That one I can see. Because, I mean, also, like, Alan, like, Valentine's Day is not really a big release window for movies, right? Like, it's usually the Christmas and the summer seasons. Valentine's Day is, like, for romantic movies. And I would not say this is a romantic movie. I think Deadpool is. The, no. the first, the fir- <laughs> that's Deadpool the first oh, yeah. hit that you've had in February in years. Oh, yeah. Uh, January is usually where films go to die. <laughs> oh. Because it's, like, right after awards season time. Yeah. And- so they don't get remembered. But this one did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, trying to look up what this was up against at the Oscars, but I, my phone's being dumb. So I'm not even going to Probably like with Space it. Jam. <laughs> that was later, Devin. Yeah. <laughs> one time. Okay, here we go. So for... I'm going to just look at the categories. Okay, so this swept best actor, best picture, best actress. You know what won best supporting actor? What? Jack Palance in City Slickers. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, have you seen that movie? Yes, I have. Oh. Okay, good. What? You've, ne- you've never seen City Slickers? Yeah, I'm not. No, what is City? What? What even is that? Okay, uh, now I'm mad at that. Okay, <laughs> gonna, so why are you mad at that? That's like not a movie. Billy Crystal and Daniel Stern, and who's the third guy? I forget, but that's all I care about. In the first <laughs> one, there's Jordan. a third guy. No, it's not. Um, I don't, <laughs> don't want to look it up right now. But they play city Good. slickers who go out to a dude ranch for a vacation, and like the, oh. the, the the Marlboro Man cowboy who runs the the ranch is played by Jack Palance and um, he like, he just like whips them in the shape and they become like great cowboys and it's called Aww. city slickers. And at the end <laughs> it gets better at the end. Spoilers. Jack Palance dies. His character is named Curly. He dies Aww. at the end. A few years later, they decide to make city slickers too with what? With Billy Crystal, Daniel Cern. And the third guy didn't want to come back. So they got John Lovitz and it's called what? City Slickers 2, The Legend of Curly's Gold. And like Billy Crystal sees like Jack Palance um, in his windows and stuff like haunting him. But it's his, <laughs> it's his twin brother. It is the most batshit crazy movie. And like they have to go hunt for his treasure in the in the Wild West. Like there's a treasure map in everything. And oh my it's gosh. like craziness it's a billy crystal i can't movie. tell if oh, i can't tell if i'm like intrigued and want to watch this right now or if insulted and never want to watch this the, the third guy from the first one i think is bruno kirby i was close um but yeah it's also got a young jake gyllenhaal <laughs> uh what? david pamer yeah so my favorite scene from city slickers and i believe yeah it's the first one because it was before that character died um it was like the first night and they're sleeping yeah and they're they're talking and they look over and he's just and the old guy's just laying there with his eyes open 
just laying with his eyes open and they're like, is he dead? And, and so they go up to him and, and they like wave in his face and he grabs the wrist real quick. And they're like, what are you doing? And, and he leans up and goes, I sleep with my eyes open. Oh my God. Or, or, or something like that. <laughs> that okay. sounds exactly like what I expect from this movie. <laughs> All of this to say, so for best picture, the other nominees, the nominees were silence of the lambs, which won. But it was up against JFK, Bugsby, Bugsy, Prince of Tides, and Beauty and the Beast. Oh, the right movie one. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast is like the only one that's close for me. Yeah. And I think that's when they started doing the best animated picture after that. Yeah, because I think this was the first move, the first animated movie to go up for Best Picture, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I'm not looking that up. Yes, who's reading a book <laughs> on the history of the Disney Company? Ooh, I know. I'm going to show off all that Michael Eisner knowledge. Yeah. Mm, we got to see jealous. tainted history, or is it like an outsider's <laughs> perspective? Uh, it is Michael Eisner when he first hopped on to Disney, hired somebody to write or to chronicle his like journey to the stars. And just kind of kept him on throughout his whole thing. So he's got like private documents that Eisner has sent everyone throughout the entirety of his time there. Damn. So like, it's like an outsider insider. It's pretty cool. Okay. What's Eisner up to now? I don't know. Cause I don't know. I haven't gone that far in the book and I <laughs> won't look it up. Like, I don't know if Eisner's alive or not. I'm pretty sure he's alive. Okay. Cause halfway through the book, he has a heart attack. I'm pretty sure he died. Michael Eisner? I'm trying to keep things suspenseful for him. <laughs> He's Schrodinger's CEO. I'm pretty sure he time traveled back and <laughs> he stopped DreamWorks from happening. He is he is Kevin Feige. Like it's just <laughs> Kevin Feige is his alter ego. Um, oh, that's too much credit for Eisner. Yeah. He's whoever's running DC. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um Okay, anything else we want to touch on with Silence of the Lambs? Guys, I love this movie. I want to watch it more, and I'm mad this is the first time I watched it at 29. I'm well, you've, wrong you've got in a two, lot of ways. You've got two sequels, a prequel, a movie that takes place before it, which I'm not going to call a prequel, and yeah. a TV series. So Yeah, because when it comes to Manhunter, like there's only two actors that carry over from Manhunter to Silence of the Lambs, and they don't even play mm-hmm. the same characters they portrayed in Manhunter. They play different characters. Ew. Yeah. So, I mean... Um, Ew. Yeah. So, I, I think Skip Manhunter, you, you've already seen Red Dragon. So. Yeah, so you, you, you've yeah. already technically seen uh, that, but my favorite character in all three films is Barney. Which one's Barney? Uh, the Stetson? aide he's the aide at the hospital. He's the one that takes, uh, 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 he's the one that Clarice. takes Clarice's coat okay. and hangs it up. Oh. Uh, he's in, uh, uh, he's in red dragon, uh, uh, red dragon. And he's in Hannibal oh. for a little bit. Okay. He, he's, wow. he's, 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 he's one of the people that connect a lot of that. Okay. Uh, but That's he's, cool. he's just a nice guy and Hannibal even like he's one of Hannibal's favorite people. Because he's not as Aww. intelligent as Hannibal, but he's just kind. And that's what I think I like about Hannibal so much is, like I said, he's he he cares like he only eats rude people. Like he only <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he did eat a guy for not playing a violin correctly. So, I mean, that all depends on how you look at that. That's true. I yeah. mean, and that was in Red Dragon. So you should remember that one, Mr. Red Dragon. I do a little bit, actually. Lives. There are parts of it I remember. 
Okay. So I think that's all we've got. So yeah. next week, I think, is Halloween. So that w- next it week is. will be the finales to our Halloween month. And we've multiple, got, Alan. What do you mean? We've got two episodes coming next week. Yeah. One of them yeah, is Ernest do. Scared Stupid, and the other one is... Uh... <laughs> Ernest does Halloween. <laughs> yes! I no. want it so, no. so bad. Uh, next week, we have our <laughs> Halloween special special coming yes. up. Yeah. Where we will be watching... Did we talk about that on the show last week? I don't think we have. Okay. So we will be wa- each watching... Each ha- Each of us have picked a Halloween-themed episode of one of our favorite sitcoms. Some of us had a harder time than others. <laughs> but some of us got help with their homework. Yes, so it's okay. Yes, yes. Uh, how, how is it coming, by the way? Has it... I haven't watched it yet. Okay, well, we've, got, we've got time. So next week, I will be having us watch. I have the episode order somewhere. What did I do with it? I probably should have planned this out a little bit better. You have hey, us watching season five, episode three of Frasier. Yes, uh, an episode titled Halloween. Uh, mm. Devin has us watching season four, episode three of 30 rock, which was, mm-hmm. in, which was titled what Devin. It's not just Halloween. Is it? I don't think so. I forget the title. I, I, I just wrote down the episode so I can find it. Yeah. And then <laughs> Ryan will be having us watch the Halloween episode of Brooklyn nine, nine from the first season titled <laughs> Halloween. So it's a Halloween <laughs> ho- special special. So tune in for that. But, Besides that, we're also doing one more movie. I, do you guys want to do Brightburn? Yeah, we can. I, I think it fits, and it's recent. We've done a lot of older stuff for this month, so I think we should do that. Okay. I want to watch Mean Superman. Yeah. All right. So that does it for You Have to Watch This Podcast. Tune in next week for our Halloween special special and Brightburn. So for, for You Have to Watch This, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And. God, I'm so glad you did that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Go on. Okay, so the director actually hated that. Oh, really? Yeah, he did. Um, So he was was okay with it at first because Hopkins ad-libbed that into his lines Mm -hmm. and he didn't tell anybody he was going to. He just felt like that was the right thing to do. And at first the director was like, oh, okay, that works. But then through the editing process and then for like the first like two months the movie was out, he hated it. He he thought it was the most annoying thing on the planet. And then he eventually was like, you know, whatever. And he just gave up on it. But yeah, that realized he was wrong. Yeah. Wow. My first exposure to that scene, though, was in the cable guy. Yeah. Where yes. uh, Jim Carrey takes the chicken skin and he just turns to Matthew Bond like, hello, Clarice. <laughs> 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 At medieval times of all places. <laughs> oh, oh, shoot. Man. I forgot about that part. Oh, yeah. uh, speaking of, of, of another line, there's the last season of X-Files where Scully's walking into, I forget where it was. It was uh, Mulder was being held like a jail cell and Scully walks up and he turns around and says, I could smell you coming like that whole <laughs> thing. Um, it actually turns out. And I didn't realize this until this afternoon. That's if it wasn't for um, Clarice's character in silence of the lamb, Scully in X-Files may not have existed. What? Why? Oh, that makes sense. Timeline wise, that works out. Yes, yeah, Scully's 
inspiration for her character comes from Clarice Starling. So if it wasn't oh. for that character in Silence of the Lambs, we might have seen a different partner for Mulder in the X-Files. Wow. Pale skin. I mean, pale skin, red hair. I mean, the scene where she's going to slide under the garage door into the storage unit. Like, yeah, that. And then when she's with the two bug guys and they're dissecting the the uh, the cocoon. Like, yeah, she looks like Scully from yeah. the X-Files, That's like point, almost though. down to a T. Hmm. It's interesting. That's interesting. I know that. I just remembered that it was something I wanted to bring up and I forgot. The more, you know, would have been helpful before we ended the podcast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's still right. awesome. Though. Let's try, let's try this again for you have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And hello, Clellies. <laughs> doesn't he not say that in the movie? He Isn't does that not thing? say that. It's one of those things. He does oh. not say it in the movie. Just like Luke. I wow. father is never said in star Wars. Yeah, that's he says right. it in Hannibal, though. Oh, does he? The screenwriters oh. wrote it in as a joke. Oh, that, that I hate it. makes me not want to see it. No, no, they wrote it in because everybody was misquoting it. So the so they actually have him say hello, Clarice, in Hannibal at one point in the film. So it fits, but it was the writer's way of like doing that. Believe me, Hannibal is good. Hannibal is really good. Better than Red Dragon? Like I said, I put it above Red Dragon. Okay. okay. This is what I meant by you watch the amazing Spider-Man without seeing any of the other Spider-Mans. <laughs> I did, though. You're right, though. <sighs> I want to watch the TV show now. Like, real bad. It's on it. I think it's on Amazon. It is on Good. Amazon. This was on Amazon for free. It was great. Yeah. All right. We're, we have more ending in this thing than uh, <laughs> Avengers Endgame. So... <laughs> If you have to watch this podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And I'm not even going to put music at the end of this. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now now let's do the Scooby-Doo ending. (laughs) Bye. Bye.